Hello, this is Roy Lilly. Well, one of the most valuable things we all have is, well, is what? Our freedom of expression, maybe family life, a religion. What about our data? Is it valuable? You bet. <laughs> Your data on its own, very little value. My data compared with a few other old geezers, maybe. All our data together, now you're talking. Look at the small print. I bet you've acquiesced in Amazon using your purchasing data. Your bank uses your data. Purchasing patterns are sold for loads of money. Your mobile phone deal uses your activity data. Health data? Well, we get pretty uptight about that. There's a public nervousness. Someone finding out you may have had a termination when you were younger, treated for a GUM gum something, a mental health problem perhaps, or repeated episodes of whatever. It's private, personal, no one's business. The NHS has health records going back to 1948. Population health, as we call it, gives a priceless window onto what makes us sick, ill or injured, and why, what fixes us up, what works, what it costs, and do we want to do it again? The NHS has made a number of cack-handed attempts to harness the free energy that our records generate. The latest... NHS England has announced a contract to create a federated data platform to help hospitals run smoother and safer. Now, the deal is led by a US company called Palantir, who have a handful of UK consultancies in tow in the deal to make the edge of the stars and stripes uh, look a bit duller, I think, and uh, presumably to tell them how the NHS works. Palantir have uh, what some regard as a murky background, working with the CIA and in the technology of warfare. Their boss, a Trump-supporting German-American, stupid enough to describe the British affection for the NHS as Stockholm Syndrome. He's rich, entrepreneurial and patently a numpty. The British arm of Palantir was quick to run away from the statement. In the UK, Palantir is run by a co-founder of the company who inherited a few quid from his grandfather and got lucky. He's a dyslexic and got a Doctor of Philosophy by extending Parsons' theory. There you are. <laughs> What's that? Well, I linked to it <laughs> in today's e-letter. His name is Alex Karp. Uh, on the telly the other Sunday in the BBC Coonsberg show, he looked like a refugee from Woodstock. He's spooky and a terrible communicator. But when it comes to handling big data, there's no denying Palantir are very good. During COVID, almost overnight, it was Palantir who led the work to make it possible for me to walk into the London Excel Centre, give a lady with an iPad my name and date of birth, have a jab, the batch number, time and date dropped into my GP system in Surrey and to later appear on my NHS app. Wow. Palantir's stock price fell on the announcement of the federated data platform. The value of the contract was less than expected. It's 330 million over seven years, which is actually, I think, pretty cheap 
for 215 trusts and 40-odd ICBs to collate and unpick all their data. That's about 180000 a year each. It's not a lot of money. This is only a platform for secondary care. Primary care, where the real foundation of our healthcare data is kept, is not involved. The objective, take all hospital data such as staffing, rotary states, theatre utilisations, waiting lists, surgeries and every other bit of information you can think of and use it to coordinate the performance of a trust. It's not about collecting data, it's about connecting data. Palantir cannot sell or use the data elsewhere. Making the use of numbers in real time to be generative of system efficiency useful to planners and managers. In trials, in one trust, the 36% reduction in patient stays of more than 21 days and uh, uh, was achieved and it freed up almost 10 hours of clinical time every week. In another, there was a 28% reduction in waiting lists through better validation and clinical oversight. And theatre utilisation was up from 73% to 86%. The federated data platform has clinical support, and I link to that, but it has a mixed reception, and I link to that as well. In some trial trusts, who were, and, and all trusts are not obliged to adopt the Palantir system. But, you know, unless this plan is to end up like so many other attempts before it, NHS England's comms need to pull their finger out. To quickly reassure a suspicious public, their GP health records are not involved, their identity is safe, and their passage through secondary care might be safer and quicker. And to answer the question, I suspect a lot more of them will ask, why has it taken so long? Thanks for listening. This has been Roy Lilly, and I hope we'll speak again soon.